Hello, and welcome to the Federal Contracting Made Easy podcast, where we take the complex world of government contracting and break it into simple steps that any small business owner can master. Now, let me introduce your host, Nancy Byerly. Hello, and welcome to the wonderful world of government contracting. I'm your host, Nancy. Today, we're on episode number 61, and we're going to talk about what is the non-manufacturer rule. Let's get started. So what is the non-manufacturer rule? For small business set-asides, other than construction or service contracts, the prime contractor that's supplying the products to the government is required to cover at least 50%, of the total cost of the manufacturing of those products in order to be considered a manufacturer. The non-manufacturer rule is an exception to that requirement. This rule allows a small business to supply products it did not manufacture, as long as those products came from another small business. So you couldn't use a Johnson & Johnson, for example, um, and supply medical products or that type of thing using the non-manufacturer rule because they are a large business. You would have to use a small business that created the product and use that. Okay, so let's go on to the next slide. How does SBA determine manufacturer or non-manufacturer? A manufacturer is defined as a business that, with its own facilities, performs primary activities in transforming inorganic or organic substances, including the assembly of parts and components, into an end product being acquired. That is what they determine as a manufacturer. Businesses may qualify as a non-manufacturer if it meets certain criteria. First one, does your business have less than 500 employees? Two, is your business primarily engaged in the retail or wholesale trade and normally sells the type of products being supplied? If so, then you meet the first two requirements. Now we have to see if you meet three will supply the end products of a small business manufacturer or processor made in the United States or obtains a waiver of such requirement. So what they're looking for is, yes, they used a small business, but is that small business located in the United States? And lastly, you have to take possession or ownership of those items with your personnel, equipment, facilities, in a manner consistent with the industry practice. If you do, then there's waivers to the rule. You can meet the waivers. SBA determines that no small business manufacturers are available to supply a product. It may waive the non-manufacturer rule. Now, there's two types of waivers. There's a class waiver and there's individual contracts. Class waiver. The SBA may issue a class waiver when no small business manufacturer exists For a class of products, anyone can request a class waiver. So what they'll do is for for different um, products is they'll say, okay, these products fall under this Nates code. We can do a class waiver for this Nates code. The request should include the relevant Nates code and other identifying information about the product. It should also include market research and other data to support a determination that no small business manufacturer is participating in the federal procurement marketplace. 
So you'd have to, in order to get a class waiver, you would have to demonstrate all that and do the market research and show SBA based on this and any other criteria that there's no small business manufacturer participating in the federal marketplace. Now that you can do some of that to find out if they're doing a federal marketplace. Remember, that's easy enough. You can use the federal procurement data system or or the overlay usaspending.gov to do that research. Class waivers remain in place until SBA is notified of a small business manufacturer that can provide the product to the government. For our current list of approved class waivers, I put a link in the website. I will have it in today's show notes for you that you can go and do. Individual waiver. SBA may issue an individual waiver when there is no small business manufacturer that can meet the requirement of a specific contract. The contracting officer is the only one who can request an individual waiver. So you, the public, cannot. Individual waivers are contract-specific and expire at the end of the contract. You may request an individual waiver for more than one product on a contract. You must also include the required information for each product. Now, I did not go into depth on the individual waivers because that's for contracting officers. Most contracting officers will know when it comes to that point, they can contact their local SBA office or their procurement center representative, and they'll help them through the process. Now, I wanted to show you the regulations that govern the non-manufacturer rule, and I've included the CFR. For those don't, that don't remember, that stands for Code of Federal Regulations, and the FAR, Federal Acquisition Regulations. And so you'll have there all these different links though they also will be in today's show notes. When does the rule apply? To procurements that have been assigned a manufacturing or supply NAITS code or the information technology value-added resellers, known as ITVAR, exception to NAITS code 541519. To procurements that have been assigned a manufacturing or supply NAITS code or the information technology value-added resellers, known as ITVAR, exception to NAITS code 541519. Now, what am I talking about there? If you were to go and look up the NAITS code under census.gov 541519, you would see an exception there based on value-added resellers. The non-manufacturer rule applies only to the supply component of a requirement classified as manufacturing supplier or ITVAR contract. If the requirement is classified as a service contract, but also has a supply component, the non-manufacturing rule does not apply to the supply component of the requirement. So what I mean there is, I'll give you an example. If you're in the construction industry and your NAITS code is 236 220. And you that's under general building. So you're a general contractor and you have a requirement to buy some components that are going to be installed on the job because that contract is issued under that NATES code. This non-manufacturer rule does not apply to you. Also, 
so say you're a, um, a general contractor and you need to rent a piece of equipment, a lift of something in order to do it, or um, some type of equipment, the rental of the item is a service and it should be treated as such in the application of the non-manufacturer rule and the limitations on subcontracting. So in other words, they they will treat it like a service contract and on for that rental portion. So you don't have to worry about the non-manufacturer rule again. If you are in the business to assemble kits, when manufactured item being acquired as a kit of supplies or other goods provided by business for a specific purpose, the business cannot exceed 500 employees. 50% of the total value of the components of the kit must be manufactured by a small business in the United States for the NATE's code of the components being assembled. Small business assembling the, the kits need not be the manufacturer of the items assembled. That is a brief overview of the non-manufacturer rule. would also like you to go out to Facebook and join our Facebook group. I'll put a link in the show notes or a link down below. And that way you guys can go ahead and join that group and ask questions directly. Also, please do me a favor, leave a comment, subscribe. Don't forget to hit that notification bell and download our stuff. We work hard to provide you with the highest quality information that we can. Until next time, as always, be safe.